guys, I understand it. Rectangle of mediocrity. Wow, Craig, that was some outstanding stuff. How does it tie in? You sound like a real nerd. I'm grooving. Now I'm going off on a rant. Our guests are the meat to our stale bread. another edition of the Channel Partners Podcast, Coffee with Craig and Kevin. I am the executive editor of Channel Partners and Channel Futures, Craig Galbraith. Joining me, as always, Channel Partners' own inspirational MC, our director of business development, Mr. Kevin Morris. Kevin, how are you? Whoa, Craig, as you often say, that is an extremely kind intro. I really appreciate that. Again, I don't know if it's 100% true, but I'll definitely take it it is my friend our audience may not know but during these uncertain times uh, you have been the one who has sent out a clever rap if you will poetry in motion uh to the group getting people fired up making them feel good so uh a lot of people may not know your rhyming skills. I just want to get that out there. I do really appreciate that. Just trying to have some fun. Uh, it helps get me pumped up and, and keeps me being creative as well. But I'm uh, glad that you and the team appreciate that. I also like quotes. I'll do one today. One of my favorites from Mr. Nelson Mandela. It only seems impossible until it is done. Nice. Now that was deep. And now, Deep Thoughts. It was. I I definitely use that on the kids a lot for trying to finish maybe their math homework digitally or something like that. I I don't think that's what Mr. Mandela was going for, but uh, I definitely, maybe I use it too often. It proves useful in that case, so that's all right. (laughs) It sure does. Well, Craig, I mean, how are you doing through all this, by the way? Well, you know, I got to tell you, I'm in a bit of a celebratory mood. Uh, going back to our roots with the musical opener, Smashing Pumpkins 1979, to represent the 79th episode of Coffee with Craig and Kevin. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Uh, yes, I certainly can dig it. You know, I love the Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, of course, that quote is from the movie Warriors from back in the day. I believe in the late 70s as well. It might be 1979. I probably should have looked that up first. Yeah, you know, when I was in high school, the Smashing Pumpkins started to become really big. Um, Their album, Siamese Dream, I think I've alluded to it earlier on this podcast in a previous episode. One of my favorites from the 90s for sure. So like you, I definitely enjoy the pumpkins. Indeed, indeed. Hey, I also picked it as a celebration of you, my friend. Uh, Okay. How so, Craig? 1979. The year the world welcomed baby Kevin Morris into its fold. Ooh, Craig? Yes, Kevin? I was born in 1978. 78? No, I don't think so. Um, I'm pretty sure I know when I was born, Craig. Hmm. Okay, then. A song from 1978. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know I came out like a little disco stew from The Simpsons. Yeah! (laughs) Back in 1978, I I wasn't messing around. No doubt about it. I will survive. But, Craig, in spite of the stupidity I just muttered right there, uh, I have to ask, as you often ask me, how does this tie in? It has no relevance to anything. Well, I guess I lost my way a bit there. Uh Uh-huh. 
Anyway, I bet you've smashed a few pumpkins in your time. Okay, now this is getting a little bit weird. Probably going a lot too far with this. Well, on a more serious note. I wish I had a nickel for every time I've heard that on this podcast. (laughs) I have another reason to be pumped up, Kevin. We have two tremendous guests lined up for this podcast and the return of a favorite theme. You've got that right, Craig. In a special Where in the World is Edward Gately Home Edition, our intrepid Channel Partners reporter sits down with new Fusion Connect CEO Brian Crotty. There's a lot to talk about as the company recently emerged from bankruptcy. Crotty is tasked with leading the company's transition post-Chapter 11, a discussion that will have a big impact on the partner community. That's right, Kevin. Then later in the show, we'll be joined by Pamela Strong, Vice President of Strategic Planning for Tango Networks. Been a big year for the company and its MobileX product. That's for sure. Can't wait to catch up with Pamela and hear about all the exciting things going on with Tango. Man, disco and tango in one podcast? What's next, hip-hop? <laughs> Maybe the bossa nova? <laughs> what, no bossa nova fans out there? In addition to our interviews, keeping up with current events, you and I are going to have a brief discussion on diversity in the channel. And then we'll get back to what we do best, taking things down several notches to debut our latest Coffee with Craig and Kevin podcast movie trailer. The theme? Time travel, obviously. But first, it's the latest edition of Where in the World is Edward Gately. Ed didn't venture outside of his Phoenix area home for this one, Craig, but he made up for it by getting one of his biggest names to date. Looking forward to what the new Fusion Connect CEO, Brian Crotty, has to say about the future of the company post-bankruptcy. Ed, the floor is yours. This is Edward Gately, news editor with Channel Partners Online and Channel Futures. I'm here with Brian Crotty, Fusion Connect's new CEO. How are you doing, Brian? I'm wonderful, Edward. Thanks for having me. Definitely. So why did you want to take this role with Fusion Connect? You know, Edward, it's an amazing career opportunity. First off, the top job of several hundred million dollar companies don't come along too often. But for me, this is very hand in glove. Uh, I've been in the competitive communications industry really since its inception in the mid-90s. I was a co-founder of a CLEC in, in Wisconsin back in 96, and I've essentially been in competitive the whole time. So I definitely know the space. I actually know the investors um, pretty well in Fusion. Um, I also know what I think it takes to, to make Fusion a long-term success. But as I was doing my diligence on Fusion, Fusion was a combination of several companies that came together, uh, Burge, Megapath, Fusion, as well as 20 plus other companies that were acquired over the course of the last several years. There's an amazing collection of assets that make up Fusion. And that's where I look to say, okay, there's a lot of really good stuff. I think that if we can figure out how to be able to bring it together as one, we could really be a powerhouse. I mean, we've got a full nationwide IP backbone with well over a hundred interconnection points to pretty much connect to any any of our customers anywhere they are and anywhere they wanna go. We've got a full suite of enterprise application layer services, our UCAS solutions, our, manage, our, our security services, our managed services, and multiple SD-WAN solutions on top. Not to mention what many of our partners know in that we also have a robust uh, division for our, our national POTS customers as well. Now, how would your previous experience come into play in this new position? If I go back a couple roles, um, mm-hmm. I was the COO of Broadview Networks, and uh, that was We'll call it 17, 18 years before we ended up selling to Windstream in 2017. And, and 
even, and I'll talk about Windstream in a minute, but even at Broadview. So I had responsibility for the entire PNL and all strategy and uh, really drove that business. That started as a traditional competitive local carrier that offered essentially voice and data services. And as the market kept shifting, we as an organization had to continue to shift. And we ended up building a unified communications platform ourselves. And that ended up becoming uh, what in the market today is known as the office suite product that, that Windstream has. But you know, we had built that from scratch to a you know, top 10 unified communications platform for you know, seven plus years running prior to us uh, uh, selling to Windstream. And Windstream is uh, when they bought us in 2017, I stayed aboard for about a year and helped with the transition, ran about a billion plus dollar division there and helped there with the strategy of transforming to being able to offer uh, unified communications and application layer services uh, and cloud services as the transformation component for the for the core business to be able to meet, to meet all customers' needs. And that's really what we're going to be doing here at Fusion. Of We've got a lot of great assets. We've got a lot of great customers on legacy products as well as on next generation products. But I do think we've got a pretty robust suite of, of services for all of our customers. And we're going to focus very heavily on being able to not only try to be trusted advisors to our uh, prospective customers in the market, but also how do we really become trusted advisors to our existing customers, uh, many of which may have just basic services, and how can we end up helping them with whatever their IT or digital transformation is by offering them the full breadth and depth of portfolio that we have in Fusion. Are there particular challenges associated with becoming the CEO of a company that went through Chapter 11 bankruptcy? Edward, I actually look at it as there are particular opportunities that we can take advantage of by being a CEO that has taken over a company that's gone through a restructuring. I definitely spend a lot of time talking to our customers, our partners, our employees, and really spending a lot of time talking to them about what's the long-term strategy of the company, where are we taking the business, and why should you, you know, believe in us? But more importantly is what most people just hear is, oh, the company went bankrupt. Well, that's a, a, clearly a process that many organizations have gone through. But when you emerge from a restructuring process, you're essentially the healthiest a company is ever going uh, to be. And we are as well. We are extremely healthy financially as an organization. We shed hundreds of millions of dollars worth of debt off of our balance sheet. And we've got new equity holders that are extremely excited about where we're taking the company. So we have a very supportive board of directors, very supportive shareholders, and they're really interested in long-term success. So not only are we very financially sound, we have an extremely strong cash position to be able to actually now go forward and invest in the business where we really couldn't do much of that over the last several years. So we're now going to be investing heavily in our products, our solutions, our overall customer experience, as well as in our people and, and really helping where we can get to the point where we can really compete at the highest levels on a national basis. So we are positioned now for growing this business and investing in this business and truly being able to do something with it that the company just didn't have the, the financial wherewithal to be able to handle prior to this. Now, what would be your message to Fusion Connect's partners and what does your role as CEO mean to them? So this goes back to, I talked about me being in the space since essentially the start mm -hmm. of the space. I still still consider myself young, but I still feel like a grandfather in the competitive uh, communication space. Mm -hmm. So 
I started actually even prior to, to deregulation in 96. In the early 90s, I was a master agent. And I sold long distance and 800 and cellular services and consulting services. So for me, my pedigree, it starts in the agent community and the channel partner community. And so that's one that has guided me in anything that I've ever done. I always look at it as our partners, our good partners are the most demanding customer you'll ever have. And rightly so, because their entire livelihood is based on it. It's not about taking care of the end user only. You have to take care of the end user and you have to take care of your partner. And your partner's lifeblood, that residual that they, they end up getting, is critical. That's why I also focus so heavily on the customer experience, because if we do our jobs right as, as a provider and a supplier, that customer will never leave. And not only will they never leave, they'll continue to buy additional products and services, particularly as the industry or, and the world changes technologically. And that's really, if you are a good supplier that really focuses on partners, you're going to focus on what makes them tick, which is taking care of the end user and taking care of them and their residual stream. It's very simple. I'll focus very heavily on how easy is it for partners to be able to do business with Fusion. And we'll focus heavily on being able to improve how to make it easier to do business with Fusion. And as we improve that partner experience, the end user experience naturally improves unto itself. The, the whole company runs better when you focus on the partner community. Hopefully they're excited that I've taken over as CEO of the company. So now what have you been doing since becoming CEO and what's on your to-do list? Being in the COVID world that we're in today, I am a virtual CEO. One thing about me is I'm definitely a people person. I love spending time with the team, with the partners, with our end users. I love being out in the field. And it's, it's a world that you really can't do that right now. So we are living eight to 10 hours a day on video with all of our various team members and I'm learning about the company. I am spending pretty much every waking hour learning about all the great things that, that Fusion is and all the various components of it. And I'm working through with the, the whole senior team on what is that updated strategy. And so as I look at what are my, what's on the top of my to-do list, it's really coming up with an updated go-to-market strategy. Right now, we're kind of all things to all people. <laughs> if anyone wants something, we can probably sell it to them. And I believe that we should be a bit more focused. And so we're going to spend more time coming up with a much more focused and defined value proposition. And that's who are we? Where do we fit in the market? Where do we have the right to win? Um, where do we have a good fit for our partners and our end users? And how do we end up then coming up with, rather than just individual products, and you can use it as a menu and choose whatever you want, how do we come up with streamlined offerings of bundled products to be able to better meet our, our customers' business needs. And so we're going to be spending more time on aligning our offerings and really having it where partners can understand when should they be looking at Fusion for a, a, a potential partner for their customer and when should they probably look to other providers for other things. The other thing that we're focusing on, and I mentioned it a little bit earlier about when you, when you mentioned about the aging community, is I am focusing very heavily on a materially improved customer experience. So we are looking at every single touch point that a customer has with us and any things that may be considered dissatisfiers. We're looking at how do we change the, the overall process or technology or whatever the issue may be to actually be able to, to improve that overall customer experience. Because we improve that end user, clearly we'll improve the agent and partner community, and we'll keep customers for the long term. And that's something that is near and dear to my heart is that uh, is really taking care of our end users. 
other things are just uh, com completing some of the work that has already been underway. And a lot of that has to do with the integration of our back office systems. A lot has already been integrated from the various acquisitions, but there's a little bit more work to do there. And in particular, there's more work to do as we look at the front facing, the customer facing sides of our systems. So we have numerous portals today for our end users and our partners. And it's a real focus for us to really be focused on how do we get to a singular, so an overused term, but a single pane of glass in terms of um, how can our end users have total control of their environment in a single portal. And so that's one thing that we're focusing on in terms of a, a user interface and user experience with the company. Those are the biggest ones that we're focusing on. And now what do you hope to have accomplished a year from now? Well, I would say everything I just talked about on the to-do list, um, mm -hmm. there's some big rocks there. <laughs> there's some big things we've got to do to be able to be successful. So I, I actually believe we're going to accomplish pretty much all of it within, the, within a year. Um, plus as well, I think by doing so and really focusing on our, uh, our distribution channels, particularly on our partners, I think we're going to see, well, in the post-COVID world, or the transitional COVID world. I, another major goal is, you know, how are we doubling and then tripling the volume that's coming from overall uh, overall partner world? And you know, that's definitely a big uh, big focus for us. So before we could even focus on that, though, we have to focus on many of the other things like our updated go to market. How do we make sure we're competitive in the marketplace? And how do we create an, an unbelievable customer experience? You know, where customers just don't want to leave and just want to continue to partner with Fusion. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you would like to add? One thing for the partners should know is I'm a very open book, very accessible, very reachable. We've got some great folks. You know, one of the things that we we just announced is we just brought in a new chief revenue officer, Mario Dirigi. You know, Mario was the head of global channel sales at Vonage before coming to Fusion Connect. And he was with me for six to seven years over at Broadview running all of my sales for me as well. So we're very excited because Mario is not only just in charge of new revenue, he is in charge of that entire customer experience as well as taking care of and servicing our existing customer base as well, as well as all of marketing for the company. So we're very excited about having uh, Mario aboard. And it's another perfect example of the board backing the company for the long-term growth and success of the organization. And just a, a quick follow-up about Mario. Why was he a good fit for this new position? Anyone that knows Mario knows that he cares a lot about our partners, our customers, and he is passionate about uh, customer experience. He's also an amazing leader. Having worked with him, he ran you know, global sales for Paytech prior to coming over to Broadview. But at Broadview, he was right there with me as we accomplished a lot of the same things that we need to do at Fusion. He was right there with me and did it all on the front lines with me at Broadview. And so it becomes hand in glove to have him as the leader of the team in the field as we go through this overall transformation for Fusion Connect. Really appreciate you talking to me today, Brian. Really appreciate your time, Edward. It was great. Wow. Ed really crushed it, Craig. Not impacted in the slightest by being stuck at home for his Where in the World segment. We're so used to hearing from him on the road, but even the pandemic can't keep a good Ed down. And that was some really interesting stuff, Kevin. There are a ton of Fusion partners in our audience dating back before the Megapath and Birch acquisitions. Uh, before that, there was Birch's acquisition of Beyond uh, back in the day and more. Uh, they got some great information about how the company is moving ahead post-bankruptcy. No doubt, Craig. Switching gears just a little bit, we're just about halfway through the year. 
and it might be nice to take stock of things six months in, don't you think? Uh, yeah, it's definitely been a year no one will soon forget, Kevin. Uh, who would have thought there would have been any story in the news that would come even close to rivaling the coronavirus in terms of headlines? Then comes along the renewed push for criminal justice reform, racism, diversity, issues that have always been there but uh, have an extra focus for obvious reasons now in 2020. Hey, Craig, you and I act like a couple of morons here on this podcast and like to have a lot of fun and joke around quite a bit, but it is important to take a serious tone every once in a while and focus on current events. And on that note, Craig, I'd like to bring up the man of the hour again, Edward Gately, who's really making his large presence felt on this podcast. I read an article he wrote this week on Channel Partners Online. Reading again, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. See, even Digi, our digital services robot mascot, questions that. Uh, wow. Even when we're getting serious, uh, you and Digi just never miss an opportunity to insult me, eh, Craig? That's right. He's uh, trying to push you off the marquee, remember? Yeah, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Digi never believes me, even when it comes to my second grade reading level. (laughs) That's right. Anyway, let's get back to this here. The article was about what the Exposure, Inclusion, and Diversity Council is doing in the channel. It's really phenomenal stuff. Ed sat in on a discussion featuring the CEOs of Master Agents Avant and Tolaris talking about corporate responsibility during the racial inequality crisis. Avant has gone as far to offer to pay employees who live in cities where there are riots to relocate. And the company also made Juneteenth an official Avant holiday. Yeah, Kevin, and Tolaris CEO Adam Edwards talked about the importance of keeping the conversation going beyond the protests that are happening now. I think that's really important. In fact, the company formed a committee to address issues around inclusion. Uh, Speaking of that, our parent company, Informa, is also making strides in this area. Managers in our group were just asked to take a LinkedIn training course on diversity and inclusion. It was a real eye-opener for me, Kevin, in terms of how the tiniest bit of bias in hiring or the innocent yet false impressions we may have of people we work with can impact the entire company. Talking about something as important as diversity and trying to be brief is definitely difficult. We could probably do a whole podcast on this, but I just would say that, you know, as we've talked about offline, we're both very saddened about the current state of our society when it comes to social injustice. And and for me, when the coronavirus hit, I thought that the one positive, you know, and there have been a few more than one, but the major positive could be that something that is this faceless, that is not prejudicial based on race, gender, preferences, that was affecting us all in such a way that we could actually unite behind this and become stronger and become more unified as a society, as a world, as everyone here on earth, as human beings, something that was affecting everyone everywhere this would be the time and and to be here now and to see some of the videos that we, that we've all seen by now and I don't need to go into it is just disgusting and you know when it comes to diversity I think it needs to be more than just the acceptance of it it needs to be the inclusion of diversity it needs to be engagement with diversity in doing so with at the very least respect for one another but hopefully with caring and kindness and ultimately love because I think you can agree Craig that when diversity and people of different perspectives and backgrounds and races genders colors preferences are involved nothing but positive things can come from it as long as we all listen and learn from each other and do it respectfully 
Craig, excellent to hear that you're going online taking courses because, you know, I've heard a lot about we need leaders to step up, political leaders, social leaders to step up and take care of it. But I think it it's more than that. I think it has to start with everyone and hearing that you're doing that, that Inform is suggesting courses for us and things like that. Again, as I told you earlier in this podcast, I love quotes because they come from people that are much smarter than me that can say things much more eloquently than I can. And, and one from Maya Angelou really stuck out to me and it has for a long time. And that is, it is a time for parents to teach young people early on that in diversity, there is beauty and there is strength. I think that's so important because we need to, as a society, as everyone in it, as parents, as friends, as teachers, I think we need to start and, and tell our children about the importance of diversity so that hopefully 30, 40, 50 years from now, we are well beyond the state that we're in now. Yeah. So, Kevin, one thing I took away from the LinkedIn training I was talking about, uh, it was an interesting comment by the trainer about how training uh, when it comes to inclusion and diversity in your company costs money, but employees who feel disenfranchised will leave and it costs a whole lot more to onboard and train new employees than that minimal cost of the inclusion and diversity training do. That's an excellent point, Craig. And, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how some of these renewed efforts play out. Let's face it, tech and the channel could definitely improve in this area. Couldn't agree more, Kevin. How about we move on now and welcome in our next guest? All right, Craig. And with that, please allow me to welcome in Pamela Strong. Pam is the VP of Global Channels with Tango Networks. Pam, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Can you tell us a little about Tango Networks and what your role encompasses as VP of Global Channels? Absolutely. So this is really a very exciting time at Tango Networks. Tango is the first global private mobile network for businesses. And what that means is, you know, you go to the the mobile phone store, you buy a phone and a package that is consumer driven, and we try to retrofit that into a business environment. However, what we are is a business grade communication solution, network solution, and we enable your UC platform to be extended to the mobile community with all of the policies and applications being pushed out and managed by IT departments. So it's a really unique value proposition for the mobile worker within the enterprise. My role at the company, Tango Networks is a channels organization. So as head of channels, my goal is really to provide an environment and resources for our partners to achieve success. Our partners are our clients. And so their success is our success, right? And so I'm always looking for the right partners in territories where Tango Networks is looking to grow and expand. And I'm always looking for ways to add additional value to our partners and their businesses. That is good stuff, Pam. And since it only takes two to tango, why don't we push Kevin right off this podcast? For a <laughs> Every show he tries to get me out of here. Pam. <laughs> so, Pam, seriously, we recently featured Tango Networks in Channel Partners list of 20 top UCAS providers for 2020. Uh, your Mobile X solution was a, a big reason why. Can you explain what makes uh, Mobile X different from some of the other enterprise mobility and UC solutions out there? Absolutely. Absolutely. So first, we are a global mobile network that's built just for businesses, right? So like I said, there's no consumer model. An individual can't subscribe to our service. But secondly, and and more importantly, we're not a UC solution per se, 
But what we do is we extend your UC solution. So businesses make investments in various UC platforms. And what we do is we extend that out to the mobile worker, the mobile workforce. And we enable those mobile devices to essentially be an extension on that UC platform. So all of the policies and governance that's established by an IT department are pushed out to the mobile user. And the real value, I think, is that we don't do this through an over-the-top application, which could possibly be bypassed or turned off or circumvented, but rather we do this through a native experience, a native dialer experience. When someone uses their mobile device, they want to be able to just use the green button to make a call, you know, the, the native experience that you're used to. And so by embedding, being embedded in the network, we don't have to have an over-the-top app and we can just enable that user to work the way they want to, the way they're used to in the mobile environment. Wow, Pam, that is excellent. I, I will say with all the enabling you're doing of mobile devices, if only you could enable Craig to become a good podcast co-host. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, we, you guys we, are we, tough. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> He's my Turn work brother. Fair play. There, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. He's my work brother. Um <laughs> As you well know, Pam, Tango has been showing a strong commitment to the channel. For example, when I visited your website prior to our chat, yes, Craig, I do do some research, I noticed a link to a robust partner zone. Can you tell the partners listening out there what the partner zone is all about? So the partner zone is a work in progress, as are all partner portals. But the intent of the partner zone is for there to be a single place where our partners can log in and have a single location that will connect them to the tools and resources that Tango Networks has available to them. We have a control panel that they would use for provisioning subscribers on the platform or resources such as sales toolkits and presentations that could be co-branded and used in their go-to-market collateral. And in addition to the partner zone, we have a marketing co-op program, which supports the marketing and growth efforts of those partners. The information around that program can be found in the zone. But honestly, I think the best resources that Tango Networks offers are the people on the Tango team. We provide everything from a customer experience manager to help the onboarding process go smoothly to sales engineers that will ensure that um, everything is being positioned and configured properly to channel account directors that are going to support your account and make sure the right resources are put in place. So we've put a team in place to work with our partners to ensure that they have all of the support that they need, whether it's from a collateral and partner zone perspective or a personnel resource perspective. Tools and team, uh, the two T's, both very important to a successful channel program, uh, that's for sure. Uh, Pam, last question we wanted to throw you is, is one we've been asking a lot of our guests given the current landscape. As a channel leader, do you have any peer-to-peer -peer advice, tips, that sort of thing for partners and providers who continue to navigate the channel as well as their respective markets uh, throughout these uncertain times caused by the COVID-19 pandemic? So, you know, post-COVID business landscape certainly looks different, doesn't it? And, you know, as such, I think we need to be looking for relationships and resources that help us to adapt to the new landscape. So my advice is to recognize that this is new for everyone and that we need to show some flexibility and understanding 
as each individual and business finds what works best for them. I'd also suggest that um, your current channel is your biggest support system. We all have a variety of channel partners that we work with on a daily basis, and they support different pieces of our business. So some of those partners have proven to be trusted advisors to us at you know, various points in, the, in our business. So I would take time to learn more about your partners, understand more about what they do and what changes they need to make in this post-COVID world and how you can either support those changes or maybe even benefit from them, right? So how we do business is being redefined to a large extent right now. And I think our success will lie within our ability to adapt to the changes, but most importantly, to support each other in the channel. Wow, Pam, that is certainly excellent advice, given that the channel is built on relationships, you know, to lean on the ones you already have, learn from and provide information to. I think that's advice we can definitely all agree with. Don't you think, Craig? Absolutely. So, Pam, before we go, uh, we chatted a little bit before we started recording here, and I found out that you are in beautiful West Palm Beach, Florida, but you were raised in other other than the food there and you were from a town that i don't find so beautiful only because i don't agree with its sports teams and and that would be (laughs) philadelphia hey e-a-g-l-e-s eagles eagles (laughs) gonna fly (laughs) and you know what i can tolerate that now because i would love to hear that fan chant this september even if it's the giants that are my team in your stadium just because that means there's football absolutely i can't wait for sports to to resume hockey football baseball looking forward to it for sure golf just came back this past weekend i actually watched like four hours of golf for the first time since uh, i was chilling with my dad back when i was in high school it (laughs) did and we've got some nascar going as well so little little steps baby steps yeah i got a buddy of mine who's trying to get me into ufc i haven't quite gotten that far yet but uh that's one of the few sports that's back as well yeah it is but you know i don't i don't know how long it's going to be before we're actually attending these events i think it's going to take a while it could For be. Sure. It could be. So the the crowd noise has gone digital as well. They're they're adapting too. They are. <laughs> Well, Pam, thank you so much for taking the time to join us and, and making Craig and I seem more intelligent by association. Really appreciate that. And uh, looking forward to you know, seeing all the great things to come from Tango Networks and, and to catch you at our next event, whether it be live or digital. I look forward to it. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was a pleasure. And I look forward to your banter in the future. You guys are a lot of fun to be with. Well, there's a couple of you now. (laughs) Thanks so much, Pam. Have a great day, guys. Really enjoyed hearing from Pam there, Kevin. Mobile X. Got to say, that's one of my favorite product names in the channel. I just like saying it. Mobile X. Mobile X. Feel the power, Kevin. (laughs) I certainly can feel the power of Mobile X. I can't quite say it as cool as you do. But uh, also some powerful statements from Pam on the importance of the channel team that Tango has in place, as well as their advice on leaning on the relationships that we all currently have in the channel and getting to know our partners and providers better uh, in these uncertain times. Yeah, well said, well said. Um, If I could, Kevin, I'd like to go back before Ed's interview on this podcast uh, to my confusion over dates. (laughs) Well, I have no idea why you would want to do that, but I figured we'd get back to this, so... Okay. Yeah, so I actually wasn't confused. I was uh, I was faking it. Uh-huh. 
I was actually setting up our final segment of the podcast, a classic Coffee with Craig and Kevin bit, a CWCK movie trailer. This time, with the 35th anniversary of Back to the Future just a couple of weeks out, a time travel trailer. Is that the recycle truck I hear going by? I think the Arizona heat and being stuck at home has stunted your brain power for original ideas. Nonetheless, I love me a good podcast trailer and time travel. Hmm. Our podcasting heroes had a dream to pioneer the podcast format. They wanted to be the first podcast in the world. Hold on. Wait a minute, Craig. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of channel enablement tools? What is that? Quoting software? Where's the flux capacitor? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine out of sales tools, why not do it with some style? In 1985, the internet was still just an idea, and podcasting wasn't on anyone's radar. Kevin, you've got to come back with me. Back where? Back to the future. What? That makes absolutely no sense. 1985 is in the past. If my calculations are correct, when these fiber speeds hit 10 gigabits per second, you're going to see some serious But risking a break in the space-time continuum comes with potentially dangerous consequences. Oh my gosh, they found us. I don't know how, but they found us. Run for it, Kevin. Who? Who found us? Who do you think? The CRM developer. You ripped it off? I'm sure in your world, good CRM software is on every corner website. But for me, it's a little hard to come by. Holy shit. Amazing. I'm back in 1985, but I gotta find the old Craig. Hey, Craig, there you are. But you're 12 years old. You have a full head of hair. How the heck are you gonna help me get home? I don't even remember the point of coming back here. Hello? Hello? Anybody home? Huh? Think, Morris. Think. Oh, yes. Old Craig told me to get home. I just need 1.21 gigabytes. 1.21 gigabytes? 1.21 gigabytes? My Tandy 1000 only has 16K of RAM. Man, this is getting lit. Lint, there's that word again. Is there something wrong in the future where everyone lives in a lamp store? Kevin, you're back. Thanks for making sure I was alive after stealing that CRM software. Did you start the world's first podcast? What? Like I had time for that. How about we go 35 years into the future and start an even bigger and better podcast? That shouldn't be hard. Podcast? Where we're going, we don't need podcasts. Coffee with Craig and Kevin. Back to the rectangle of mediocrity. On demand nowhere. Oh, yeah. Rectangle of mediocrity indeed, Craig. Just when I think we couldn't top the action or coming-of-age trailers for the podcast, we didn't. 
<laughs> True, Kevin. But I still feel as if we needed to lighten the mood for our casties, even if it was ridiculous nonsense. <laughs> Probably right. It has been a tough year, Craig. And consider this. If we were doing a time travel trailer, it could have been a lot worse. A spin on Bill and Ted? Ooh, a sequel, perhaps? Don't even think about it. <laughs> well, if you'd like to download the archive of Coffee with Craig and Kevin, you can find us on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. Just type Channel Partners Online into the search bar. Of course, you can always find us on the flagship channelpartnersonline.com. Thanks so much for joining us again, everyone, and we'll catch you next time. And here's an oldie but a goodie. Check you later, channel. <laughs>